السلام عليكم ورحمه الله بسم الله الرحمن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الحدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار so we continue uh, in our series of uh, lectures and lessons short reminders uh, from this book of sheikh obaid hafizahullahu ta'ala and in today's short reminder or short lecture the sheikh hafizahullah uh, the chapter uh, heading or the title is sharh qawlihi ta'ala an explanation of the statement of the exalted ya ayyuhalladhina amanu atiullah wa atiur rasul wa ulil amri minkum o you who believe obey allah and obey the messenger and those in authority over you and in this short, short reminder uh, the the objective or the the point that the sheikh is actually addressing and i think uh, the, the title that was given for today's lecture was something along the lines you know following the scholar with the strongest evidence so the the intent of the sheikh in this lecture is to emphasize the fact that consideration is given to evidence right that we follow evidence and and, and what is evidence evidence is the quran and the sunnah and when we follow especially in issues of difference or when there is differing then what we are looking at is who has the actual evidence or who is bringing the strongest evidence and who has something from the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that you know that 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 is decisive in the issue right so this is the general uh, import of this uh, short lecture or reminder of sheikh obaid hafizahullahu ta'ala so he begins the shaykh hafizahullah by after after praising allah alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd so he says in the sunnah of the messenger of allah sallallahu fa fi sunnati rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ma yurwi al ghalil wa yashfi al alim in the sunnah of the messenger of allah there is that which quenches the thirst of the thirsty person right if you are thirsty the sunnah will quench your thirst wa yashfi al alil and if you are sick then the sunnah will heal you and he says that uh, the deduction of evidence when you deduce evidence and that deduction of evidence is sound from mistakes and errors and from being subject to any criticism right what is the best deduction of evidence it is that which is either a book meaning from the quran or it is a sunnah meaning that if you bring evidence from the quran or from the sunnah for an issue among the issues this is the soundest safest evidence it cannot be it will be free of mistakes and it will be free you know from from being subject to any kind of objection or criticism and then the sheikh says that differing and disputation is not returned to except to these two things now when there's a dispute when there's differing in an issue what is it returned back to what is it referred to it is referred to only to the quran and to the sunnah why because these are revelation from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his messenger the quran is revelation to allah and the sunnah 
which is the explanation of the Quran, is also revelation from Allah. So all disputes are returned back to these two things. And then the Shaykh brings the verse in question, the verse which is the subject of this uh, lecture. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَطِيعُوا اللَّهِ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولِ وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ O you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger and those in authority over you. فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَحْسَنُ تَأْوِيلًا And if you dispute in an issue, in anything, then return it back to Allah and the Messenger. If you truly believe in Allah and the last day, that is better and it is the better outcome. The Shaykh says, meaning that this is the, the, the better outcome, the end result will be, will be better. So the Shaykh says, فَيَتَحَسَّلْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْحَقِّ هُمْ أَسْعَدُ النَّاسِ بِهَذِهِ الْآيَةِ He says, what we, what, what we obtain from this is that it is only the people of the truth, people of the haqq, people who seek the truth, they are the ones who are most pleased with this verse. If you, are, if you are a seeker of the truth, then you are the one who is most happy and pleased to, to hear this verse. That in disputations, refer it back to Allah, refer it back to the Messenger. Why? Because you have no, you have no hawa, you have no desire, you have no uh, motive or anything other than seeking the truth. So when you hear this ayah, then you will be the most happy and satisfied of people with this ayah. And this is because, as the Shaykh says, لِأَنَّهُ قَدْ يَخْتَلِفْ ذُو حَقٍ مَعَ ذِي حَقٍ آخر. This is because people of the truth, sometimes they may differ with each other. Right? So this is a person of the truth, that is a person of the truth. This person has something of the truth, this person has something of the truth. But they then they find that they differ with each other on an issue. So, we find that since all of them are seeking the truth, all of them are seeking the, the right path and the straight path, you know, the authentic path. So, both groups, So they happily, with pleasure, they return it back to the Qur'an, and the Sunnah. This is the Asal, right? It's not to, not to uh, a scholar or a group of scholars or an institution or a madhab or anything. It's the Quran and the Sunnah that the disputes are referred back to. So the Shaykh then goes on to explain. Uh, the scholars, how have they explained? What is mentioned in this verse when Allah says, return it back to, return it back to Allah and his messenger. What is the meaning of this? He said, the scholars have explained, ar-rad ilallah means bi-rad ila kitabihi. Means to return it back to the book, his book. Wal-rad ila rasulillah bi-rad ilayhi fi hayatihi wa ila sunnatihi ba'da mawtihi. And what does it mean, return back to the messenger? It means to return it back to him during his lifetime. So in his lifetime, you, you physically go to the messenger of Allah And after his lifetime, you return things back to his sunnah. His sunnah after his, after his passing away. And th this return to the messenger of Allah it cannot be done with respect to any other man on this earth. The messenger is the only man Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to whom all disputes can be returned back to. Why? Because his life, all everything in his life is, is recorded, it is preserved, and there is no issue from the issues where we may differ in or where we may need guidance in. Right? In the affairs of the hereafter and even the affairs of the world. Except that we can go and we can return to the Messenger of Allah. And so this will not be found for any other man except the messenger of Allah indicating the perfection and completion of his guidance. In any case, this is the meaning of the ayah. You return back to the book of Allah 
and you return back to the sunnah of the messenger of Allah وسلم, after his passing away in any issues that we find there is difference or controversy this is a matter of agreement by the people of Iman, by the people of knowledge, by the people of religion, that disputes are not referred back to except these two things. Why? Because as the Sheikh says, we've already mentioned that these two things are revelation. These are the two things that are revelation. So he says, The revelation of Allah to his messenger are of two types. The first one is the Quran and the second is the sunnah of the messenger of Allah. And then the Sheikh mentions the hadith of the messenger of Allah. Inni Indeed, I have been given the Quran. And it's like alongside it. Right? So it's like is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we find that Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah regarding this very same ayah, we see that he, he comments with, with the same as what Shaykh Ubaid said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fa'amara ta'ala bi ta'atihi wa ta'ati, ta'ati rasulihi وَعَادَ الْفِعْلِ يَعْنِي قَوْلَهُ يَعْنِي قَوْلَهُ وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولِ إِعْلَانًا بِأَنَّ طَاعَتَهُ تَجِبُ إِسْتِقْلَالًا مِنْ غَيْرِ مِنْ غَيْرِ عَرْضٍ مَا أَمْرَ بِهِ عَلَى الْكِتَابِ So he says, if you look at this verse, I'll summarize what he said here. He said, if you look at this verse, Allah Zawajal, he said, أَطِيعُ اللَّهُ وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولِ so he said, obey Allah with the verb ati'u, and then he repeated it again, wa'ati'u rasul. He repeated it again for his messenger. Meaning that whatever the Quran has commanded, and whatever the messenger has commanded, it becomes obligatory mutlaqan. Mutlaqan. Right? There's, there's no uh, holding back or any questions, it is absolute obedience, right? When, uh, by virtue of this verse, because he said, Allah wa Rasul. However, Ibn al-Qaim says, وَلَمْ يَأْمُرْ بِطَاعَةِ أُولِي الْأَمْرِ إِسْتِقْلَالًا But you see that in this verse, Allah did not say, أَطِيعُ اللَّهِ وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولِ وَأَطِيعُ أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ Right? He didn't repeat the word for the people of authority over you, meaning the scholars and the rulers. He did not repeat that verb independently or separately. Rather, Rather he removed that verb from ulil am and he included obedience to them as being as coming under obedience to or within obedience to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam so this is very clear and then also there are many other ayat in the quran which afford basically the same meaning where we see that the return is to allah and his messenger and this is what constitutes uh, the basis of obedience and ittiba from them is the statement of Allah Zawajal in Surah Al-Ahzab وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَلَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ It is not for any believing man or any believing woman when Allah and His Messenger have judged or determined an affair that they should have any choice in the issue. Right, so when Allah says and when the Messenger says, and we see that this is a qada, like a judgment and a determination in an issue, no believer has any choice. You can't leave that and now go to this Imam and this Alim and this Mufti and this Qari and this. No, right, you don't have any choice here when, when the issue has been made clear in the Quran or in the Sunnah. 
مبينا. And whoever disobeys Allah and his messenger, he has gone far, far astray. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُقَدِّمُوا بَيْنَ يَدِي اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ بَيْنَ يَدِي اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ All you who believe, do not put yourselves ahead of Allah and his messenger. Right? So you cannot, meaning that you cannot leave what Allah and his messenger have commanded you with. وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهِ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولِ وَاحْذَرُوا Obey Allah and obey the messenger and beware. فَإِن تَوَلَّيْتُمْ فَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّمَا عَلَى رَسُولِنَا الْبَلَاهُ الْمُبِينَ Obey Allah, obey the Messenger, and beware. And if you turn away, then know that upon our Messenger is to simply make the plain conveyance of the message. Right? All these verses are with the same meaning. إِنَّمَا كَانَ قَوْلُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذَا دُعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ أَنْ يَقُولُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا Indeed, the speech of the believers when they are called to Allah and His Messenger that He may judge between them that they say, we hear and we obey. Right. So after all of this, after all of this, and in fact, there are also uh, statements of, uh, from uh, Sheikh Imbaz and Sheikh Rabi, inshallah, I'll mention them shortly. But what Sheikh Obeid is now going to do is to illustrate this point. He's going to illustrate to you with an example to show how it is obligatory upon a person to pursue the truth and to follow the truth and to follow evidence. To follow evidence. And evidence is what? The Quran and the Sunnah. And the saying of a scholar or the opinion of a scholar itself has to be on the basis of evidence. So which issue is he going to use? He says that there is an issue which is an issue of difference and of dispute and difference and between the scholars, both in the past and in the present. Right? This is a well-known issue of difference. And he says, وَهَذِهِ الْمَسْعَلَ هِيَا في من ترك الصلاة متحاونا مع الإقرار بوجوبها. This issue of difference is about a Muslim who abandons the prayer. He leaves the prayer, and he does so out of laziness. Right? He's lazy, and he just belittles the the importance of the prayer. Right? But he acknowledges and he believes. That the prayer is wajib upon him. It is wajib in Islam. So he, he knows this, he believes it, but he, he, he leaves the prayer just purely out of laziness, right? So regarding such an individual, the scholars, past and present, they have differed on this issue. And uh, as the Shaykh says, فَطَائِفَةٌ كَفَّرَتْهُ بِنَاءً عَلَى الْأَدِلَّةِ الْعَامَّةِ one group of scholars, they declared this individual to be a disbeliever by using general evidences. General evidences. And some of them are from the book, the Quran, and some of them are from the Sunnah. So the Shaykh then goes on to mention some of the evidences used by this particular group, right? The first group of scholars. What are the evidences? The first of them, the Sheikh says, فَمِنَ الْكِتَابِ الْكَرِيمِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى فِي الْمُشْرِكِينَ Allah said about the mushrikeen, the polytheists, فَإِن تَابُوا وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ وَآتَوُوا الزَّكَاةِ فَخَلُّوا سَبِيلَهُمْ If they repent, if the polytheists repent, and they establish the prayer, and they give the zakah, then leave them in their... Leave them in their way, right? Leave them in their way. There's nothing against them. Also, a similar verse, وَفِي آيَةٍ أُخْرَى فَإِن تَابُوا وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ وَآتَوُوا الزَّكَاةِ فَإِخْوَانُكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ So if they repent and they establish the prayer and they give the zakah, then they are your brethren in religion. They are your brothers in religion. So what is the line of evidence here? How are these scholars deriving evidence? They are saying that in these two verses, 
leaving the polytheists alone and then and them becoming brethren in religion it has been attached to three things making tawbah establishing the prayer and giving zakah right so this is this is the angle of evidence of these scholars they said look the only way a polytheist can become a believer is by making tawbah establishing the prayer and giving the zakah right this is their line of evidence then also they bring from the sunnah the hadith of ibn umar radiyallahu anhu uh, which is in the bukhari and muslim who said that the messenger of allah he said umirtu an uqatil an-nas hatta yashhadu an la ilaha illa allah wa anni rasulullah wa yuqimu as-salah wa yu'tu az-zakah I have been ordered to fight back against the people until they testify that none has the right to be worshiped except Allah and I'm the messenger of Allah and they establish the prayer and they give the zakah right so these scholars they said these evidences and many other evidences which which are similar in meaning to what you've heard that these are very very clear and explicit in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not distinguish in these texts between the one who leaves the prayer by denying its obligation and the one who leaves the prayer out of laziness whilst affirming its obligation right so that their line of evidence is look here in these verses the general and you don't see in these verses any distinction between well this one says the prayer is wajib but i'm i'm too lazy to perform it and between the one who says oh, i deny prayer is wajib allah did not distinguish between these two categories and so therefore these texts are general and so therefore the one who abandons the prayer irrespective of whether he believes it is obligatory or not he's a disbeliever and then they bring other statements as well uh, the sheikh says wastadallu kadhalika bi hadithi الاحد الذي بيننا وبينهم الصلاه فمن تركها فقد كفر the covenant which is between us and them is the prayer the one who abandons it then he has disbelieved and the hadith بين العبد وبين الشرك والكفر ترك الصلاه between a servant and disbelief and shirk right disbelief and polytheism is the abandonment of the prayer is the abandonment is the abandonment of the of the prayer so their line of evidence is that all of these texts are general there is nothing to particularize them there is nothing which is a mukhassis there's nothing to specify them and to particularize them with with a particular meaning so on the basis of this understanding these scholars past and present they said that the one who abandons the prayer whether from laziness whether from you know denying its obligation this one is a disbeliever okay now the sheikh says wastadallat ta'ifatun ukhra bitafriqi bayna tariki as-salah the other group of scholars they distinguished you know they they made a distinction among those who abandon the prayer they basically said the one who abandons the prayer upon denying its obligation you know knowing that it is wajib and deliberately denying that and he denies it you know knowing that and you know uh, on purpose deliberately and then this has been clarified to him his doubts have been removed you know all the conditions have been fulfilled you know that we've removed ignorance from him and things like that and any barriers have removed are removed meaning that maybe he had a faulty interpretation maybe he had a misunderstanding he didn't know right all of this has been completely removed from him right he now knows fully that the prayer is wajib and he now he makes juhud he denies its obligation this one is a kafir this one is a disbeliever right and as for the one woman tarakaha mutahawinan ma al iqrar bi wujubiha fa huwa fasiqun 
right? And as for the one who affirms its obligation, he says, yes, I, I've read the verses, there's a command to pray, I've read the hadith, I know it's obligation, I, I don't deny that. But I'm just lazy, right? I'm lazy. I, I can't pray at work, you know, because I'm scared of the, the, the people who are, who are non-Muslims, whatever, whatever reason he might have, right? It is laziness, it is, you know, whatever it might be. He's not denying the obligation. So these scholars, they say, that this one is not a disbeliever. This one is not a disbeliever. And then they have evidence, they bring evidence for this, right? So now, Sheikh Ubaid, he says, he says, the first view that the one who abandons the prayer, irrespective of whether he believes it's obligation or not, or whether he's lazy or not, right? This is the view of the, of, of the scholars of our time, Right from them is, uh, you know, from the Mu'asireen, Samahatu Shaykh, Al-Imam, Al-Athari, Shaykh Abdul Aziz bin Baz, Rahimullah. This is a view of Shaykh bin Baz. He says the one who bans in the prayer is a disbeliever. Without making this distinction. It is also the view, Samahatu Shaykh, Al-Imam, Al-Faqih, Al-Mujtahid, Al-Muhaqqiq, Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih bin Uthaymeen. Shaykh bin Uthaymeen is of the same view as well. And it is also the view, in fact, of the majority of the scholars who are, who are, who are present today. It is the view of Sheikh Al-Fawzan, it is the view of uh, Sheikh Al-Ghudiyan, the view of, uh, you know, all, all the scholars who are, who are present, uh, the Mufti, you know, the majority of the scholars are upon this view <coughs> of today, that the one who abandons the prayer is a disbeliever, irrespective of believing in its obligation or not, laziness or not, right? The Sheikh says, however, and this is really the crux of the, of the issue here. Now, the Sheikh, what Sheikh Obeid says here, and this is an important paragraph, he says, Right? The consideration is not by individuals, meaning that we don't say, oh, well, look, Sheikh bin Baz holds his view. And Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen holds this view. And Sheikh Fawzan holds this view. And the majority of the scholars hold this view. This is not, this is not what the Ibra is upon. This is not how we, as people who are people of ittiba and following the truth, and following the Quran and the Sunnah, and following the evidence. No. The Sheikh says, Al-Ibra laysat bil-ashkhas. Al-Ibra biman daliluhu aqwa. The consideration is by way of whose evidence, whose evidence is the strongest. Who has the best and the strongest, the clearest, the most definitive evidence from the Quran and the Sunnah? Or which is the closest to that which is aqwa, to that which is the, the strongest. يعني al-ibra fil aqwal Meaning that what we give consideration to is that which is the best and the most satisfying evidence. Right? This is the one which is given consideration. And so therefore it has been said, Al-Alim Al-Muwafiq lid-dalil huwa al-murtada qawluhu Right? The scholar whose statement of view is in agreement with the evidence he is the one whose statement is that, that we are basically pleased with the one that we choose So then the Shaykh says Nadarna fi hadhi al-mas'ala we looked in this issue, so this is Sheikh Obeid now talking about himself, we looked into this issue, We looked into this issue and we used to be upon the first statement, meaning Sheikh Obeid, you and other scholars as well, used to hold the view that the one who abandons the prayer is a disbeliever, generally, without any, any distinction or tafsir. Right? So he says, we used to hold this view. لكن تبين لنا التفصيل 
However, it became clear to us making a distinction, meaning that that which is correct and that which is in line with the evidence is tafsil, meaning to make this distinction. So he says, Right? So what is the evidence that makes this view to be stronger? What is, what is the evidence that makes this view to be stronger and to make it better than the other view? And the Shaykh says, it is the hadith of the bitaqa, meaning the hadith of the of, of, of like the paper or the, the scroll of the man who comes on the day of judgment, right? Without any good deeds. So then the Shaykh, he brings the hadith, right? So this is the evidence which is definitive, meaning that you cannot argue with this evidence. You cannot argue with this evidence. So he then brings the hadith. And so in the hadith, the Messenger of Allah, he said, as narrated by Abdullah bin, Abdullah bin Amr from the Prophet Inna Allaha sayukhallisu rajulan min ummati ala ru'usil khala'iq yawm al-qiyamah. Allah will bring a man from my nation in front of all of the creatures, in front of all of the creation on the day of judgment. He will then open up for him 99 scrolls. 99 scrolls will be, will be opened. And each scroll will open and it will continue to the, to the extent that the vision can reach. And uh, Allah will then say to him, Atunkiru min hada shay'an? Do you reject anything that's in these scrolls? Do you reject anything that's in these scrolls? The man will say, No, my Lord. Then Allah will say, Hal dhalamatka katabati al hafidun. There is a car to be removed, a black Toyota Yaris with uh, the registration YM08. A black Toyota Yaris, YM08. If you can remove that, please. Someone, I think, is blocked in or, you know, Jazakumullah khairan. So, so then Allah will say, Hal dhalamatka katabati al-hafidhun? Have my scribes, meaning the angels, have they wronged you in any way? Meaning, have they written something here that's incorrect that you didn't do, or that you, you know that you did do from from good deeds that they that they neglected? فيقول لا يا رب. No, my lord. Then Allah will say, ألك عذر. Do you have any excuse you want to make? Right? Because there's, there's nothing in these 99 scrolls. Would you, do you, have you got any excuse? The man will say, No, no, my Lord. Then Allah will say, Do you have any good deed? Do you have any good deed? And in some, in, 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 in some of the narrations of the Riwayat, and the man, in some narrations, it occurs that the man will now become actually, he now start becoming you know, terrified and fearful. And he will say, no. Then Allah will say, right, after recounting all of this to the man, Allah will then say, Rather, you have a good deed preserved with us. فَيُقَالْ أُحْضُرْ أُحْضُرْ وَرَقَقْ Right, so bring forth, uh, sorry, uh, he, uh, sorry, he says, أُحْضُرْ وَزْنَكْ You know, bring forth your, your weighing, meaning the weighing of your, of your deeds, and the weighing of this 
this is a sahifa right so then one for yukhraju lahu bitaqatun fiha ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh so one small uh, you know piece of a parchment will be brought out and on this parchment it is written that this man he testified that none has the right to be worshiped except allah and that muhammad is his slave and his messenger فيقول يا رب ما هذه البطاقة مع هذه السجلات The man will say oh my lord this this one piece of uh, paper or parchment what what is this compared to these 99 scrolls you know the ones which extend as far as the the eye can see and within there is all of his like you know sin and abandonment and whatever it might be you know the absence of deeds so allah azawajal will say innaka la tuzlam indeed you will not be wronged fatudu sijillat fi kiffatin wal bitaqatu fi kiffatin fatashat sijillat wa thaqulat al bitaqa right so all of those 99 scrolls will be put in one cup of the scales and that one small parchment with with tawhid and with the shahadatan that will be put in another in the other one and then the night nine scrolls will be outweighed right they will be outweighed and and the the, the one parchment will will go down right so th- this hadith فَيَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ So the man then entered into paradise. So what is the, what is the evidence in this hadith? The shaykh says, هَهُنَا أَمْرَانِ There are two issues here. First of all, that these 99 scrolls, there was nothing in these scrolls of any of the good deeds of the man. There's no good deeds in, in those 99 scrolls. And if there was, if there was anything of goodness, Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have said to the man, of course you have good deeds in, in these scrolls. But Allah did not say that. Right? And rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, بَلْ لَكَ عِنْدَنَا حَسَنَةٌ You have one deed with us. Right? He did not say you have deeds. He said you have one deed with us. And what is this deed? It is the deed of, of Tawheed. right of expressing tawhid this is the first point the second point is what was the thing that he neglected why did he have no no good deeds it is because he neglected you know the the a'malul jawarih right there wasn't anything in those 99 scrolls of any of the deeds of his limbs and so therefore you know him being saved was by the bounty and the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by way of this tawheed he was saved and he entered into paradise by way of the shahada by way of the shahadatan right which is actualization of tawheed now this hadith you can't argue against this hadith because because the people who hold the other view those who say a person who leaves the prayer is a disbeliever they have counter arguments they come back and they have counter arguments they say oh no no all of those texts which say that anyone who says la ilaha illallah and dies upon that that he will enter paradise those hadiths were only at the beginning of islam before any of the obligations right this is one counter argument right how they explain away these the, these texts another counter argument is that no this only refers to these texts only refer to the man who becomes a muslim says the shahadatan and then very shortly afterwards he dies and he never had the opportunity to act right so therefore you can't use these texts that promise paradise for the one who expresses the shahada for a man who's you know lived a, a long time and not done any good deeds but this hadith is a refutation of those counter arguments you can't argue with this hadith because this man has 99 scrolls to the extent of vision within there there's not a single good deed and this man fears that he's going to be destroyed 
Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him and he entered into paradise on account of the issue of, of Tawheed. Now you see here, can you see the point being made by, by Sheikh Ubaid, which is, we don't argue, our argument is, oh look, all of the scholars of today, there's almost a consensus on this issue. Sheikh bin Baz holds this view, Sheikh Muthamin holds this view, Sheikh Fawzan holds this view, Sheikh Abdullah Gurdian holds this view, the Mufti holds this view, you know, all of them hold this. No, that's, that's not evidence. The evidence is the statement of Allah and the statement of the Messenger. And when you come with something that is definitive, that you, you simply cannot argue with this, then what, what did Sheikh Ubaid say? Well, Ibrah laysat bil ashkhas. Al Ibrah biman daliluhu aqwa. The consideration is given to the one whose evidence is strongest. Right? And so, on this point, I want to emphasize this point by bringing speech from Sheikh Ibn Baz, rahimahullah, and likewise Sheikh Rabi ibn Hadi. What does Sheikh Ibn Baz say? You know, Sheikh Ibn Baz speaks about wujub ittiba'u dalil, wujub ittiba'u dalil, right? The obligation to follow the evidence. He says, وَلَيْسَ هُنَاكَ شَخْصٌ مُعِيَّنٌ يَلْزَمُ الْأَخْذُ بِقَوْلِهِ There is no single individual where it is now binding upon you to take his, to take his uh, statement. Neither, neither the, the, the four scholars, the, the, the four imams, you know, uh, Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi'i, Ahmed, are not other than them. فَالْوَاجِبُ إِتِّبَعُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمْ وَالسَّيْرْ عَلَى مِنْ هَاجِهِ فِي الْأَحْكَامِ وَالتَّشْرِيْهِ What is obligatory is to follow the Prophet وسلم, and to traverse upon his methodology in, in rulings and in legislation. It is not permissible to now start blindly following a single man, a single individual in these issues. What is obligatory is to follow the Prophet and to take from what Allah legislated upon his hand, whether, it, whether the four imams agree with it or whether it, they don't agree with it. And then he continues, he says, look, as for the issues which are united upon and agreed upon, they are matters of ijma', the Sahaba agreed upon those issues, then obviously a Muslim is obligated to, to, to follow that because it, it is ijma'. Uh, there's no dispute in these issues. لكن في مسائل الخلاف والنزاع طالب العلم ينظر في الدليل فإذا ظهر له الدليل مع أحمد أو مع مالك أو مع أبي حنيفة أو مع غيرهم أخذ بالدليل. But in the issues of differing, the student of knowledge, he looks for the evidence, right? If the evidence is with Ahmed or Malik or with Abu Hanifa or other than them, he takes the dalil واستقام عليه he remains firm upon it. لا متابعة للهوى والشحوة لا ولكن متابعة متابعة للدليل. Right. So he remains firm upon this evidence, not because he's following hawa or desire, but because he's following the evidence. Right. Clear. It's exactly the same thing. This is the manhaj that all of the people of Sunnah are agreed upon. You follow the evidence, and you follow the scholar who brings the evidence.
أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا Likewise, from the speech of Sheikh Rabib al-Hadi, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, Al-Mu'min yuhawilu an ya'rif al-haq wa yatamassak bihi, walau khalafa hadha al-haq man khalaf. A believer, he tries to know the truth and hold fast to the truth, even if, you know, whoever opposes, opposes this truth, opposes it. And nor does he make any ta'assub to anyone or to the error of anyone. ولا يتعصب أبدا لخطأ فلان أو فلان أو رأي فلان وعلان right he doesn't show any partisanship or bigotry to the view of so and so or the mistake of so and so or the view of so and so إنما يتمسك بكتاب الله وسنة وسنة الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام right so the believer he only holds fast to the book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah عليه الصلاة والسلام وَيُوَالِي وَيُعَادِي عَلَى مَا جَاءَ بِهِ مُحَمَّدٌ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ بَعْدَ أَنْ يَعْرِفَ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا جَاءَ بِهِ وَلِيسَ بِالْأَغْهَامِ So a believer, his loyalty and disloyalty is only on the basis of what the Messenger Muhammad came with. Once you know that the Messenger Muhammad came with this thing, and you know that with knowledge, not, not like just awham and presumptions and conjectures but, but you know that that's what the messenger came with then and you know this issue the messenger came with it and the book of Allah points to it and the messenger points to it and the salaf were upon this then you know you, you got to hold fast to that and you don't care less who is opposing it and who is upon what and how many this you got to follow the because you got to follow the evidence right so this is the point that Sheikh Ubaid was making that he used to be upon that view for many, many long years, that the one who abandons the prayer is a disbeliever without distinction, right? Jehud or no Jehud, lazy or not lazy. And now, when he saw this hadith, this hadith now is actually conclusive. The Shaykh also goes on, Shaykh Rabi says, Ibn al-Qayyim, Ibn al-Qayyim is of the view, أَنَّكَ إِذَا عَرَفْتَ النَّسْ وَفَقَحْتَهُ يعني وما عرفت قائلا قال به فعليك أن تتمسك به ابن القيم is of the view that if you know the text if you know a text and you've understood the text and you do not, you do not know anybody else who's speaking with this text and holding the view of this text then you must continue to hold on to this text right and if you know there are other people who are also speak with the same thing that you speak with, then obviously this means that you've got more yaqeen, you've got more certainty that what you are upon is the truth. But as for when you do not find anyone holding the same view as you on the basis of, of this text, then it's not a condition. In other words, if you come across this hadith of Abdullah bin Amr that Sheikh Obey just mentioned, which is very clear that a man who comes on the Day of Judgment with nothing except Tawheed, except Tawheed, and he has no other good deed, not the prayer, not fasting, not zakah, not being uh, good to the neighbor, to the prayer, nothing, not even lifting something harmful from the floor, nothing. And you, you read this hadith, and nobody else is of the same view. And you understand from this hadith that, you know, uh, uh, the one who abandons the prayer while affirming its obligation, cannot be a disbeliever by virtue of this hadith. And you do not know anybody else holding that view on the base of the hadith, you are obliged to stick to the hadith. You understand? Right? And if someone comes and says, oh, there's almost a contemporary ijma, there's almost this, almost that, this, this, no. They're not more knowledgeable than the messenger of Allah, who is the one who said that, right? This is what Ibn al-Qayyim is saying here, that, that Sheikh Rabi is quoting Right, so he says, uh, If you find no one holding that view, then it's not a condition that someone else has to hold that view. Because if you've got the text, and that's the correct interpretation of the text, in fact, the text is actually explicitly clear. It's explicitly clear what, what, what it means. Then, you know, Al-Muhim an yakuna midar al-Muslim ala qala Allah qala Rasulullah. 
What is important is that what you revolve around, what the Muslim revolves around is that Allah said and the Messenger said. Why? Because Al-Ilm, Al-Ilm, قال Allah, قال Rasulullah. What is Ilm? Ilm is the Allah said and the Messenger said, قال الصحابة ليس بالتمويه. This is a line of poetry from Ibn Al-Qayyim. Al-Ilm, قال Allah, قال Rasulullah, قال Rasul, قال Rasul. Knowledge is what Allah said and what the Messenger said and the Sahaba said. This is what is ilm. Right? What is defined as ilm. This is what counts as knowledge. This is what counts as evidence. Right? So this is the speech of Shaykh Rabi quoting from Ibn Al-Qayyim. Rahimahullah Ta'ala. So, after all of this, after Shaykh Ubaid explaining all of this and explaining that a man can come on the day of judgment. In fact, there are many other evidences as well, right? This is a book of Sheikh Rabi Al-Maqalat Al-Athariya Fi Raddi Ala Shubahati Watashgibati Al-Haddadiya. Right? This is a book in which the Sheikh has refuted some of the deviants of our time and they basically make this false accusation that if you do not declare the one who abandons the one who leaves the prayer to be a disbeliever, you are a murji. Right? You are someone who expels actions from Iman. Right? This is something from the takfiris and the haddadis. They are using this issue in the contemporary times. So Sheikh Rabi wrote this book as a refutation of that. And he wrote this refutation in order to defend many of the scholars of the Muslims of the past who actually held this view. This is a view of Imam Shafi'i, Imam Malik, and many, many other scholars in, in history. And likewise, it's a view of Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah. Right? So he wrote this book. And in this book, he actually brought even more evidences. Right? That you've read, you, you, you've, you've heard the, the, uh, uh, the evidences brought by Shaykh Ubaid. But there are even more evidences to prove that the one who abandons the prayer while believing in its obligation and knowing that he is sinful and doing so out of laziness, that this person cannot be this person is not a disbeliever. And he brings verses from the Quran. Inna Allah la an bihi wa Indeed, Allah does not forgive that partners are associated with him, that shirk is committed with him. But he forgives what is less than that to whomever he wills. Right? And then he brings some actually lengthy ahadith. I won't, I won't mention all the ahadith. But these are the ahadith of intercession on the day of judgment, right? People will be removed from the hellfire in, in stages, right? Allah will say to the angels, remove from the hellfire those who you saw, those who are praying, fasting, whatever. So the angels will take them out. Then Allah will say, an angel will say, we took a large portion out of the hellfire. Then Allah will say, remove from the fire in whose heart you saw, you know, a, 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 a seed's weight of iman. So the angels will go back and they'll take, they'll take some more people out. And they will say, we took so many people out. Then Allah will say to them, go back again and take out from the fire those in whom there was a, a half a seed of, of iman. Then they will go back and take more people out of the hellfire. Right? This will, this will keep going and keep continuing backward and forward until uh, you know, more and more people will, will be taken out of the hellfire. And... <coughs> Uh, until there will be people taken out who have, who have nothing of any good deeds. And in one narration, Allah will say, after all of this, um, Allah will say after all this, وَلَكِنْ وَعِزَّتِي وَكِبْرِيَاءِ وَعَذَمَتِي وَجِبْرِيَاءِ لَأُخْرِجَنَّ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Allah says, by my might, and my kibriya, my, my greatness, and my adama, my greatness, my jibriya, all of these have the similar meaning. I will certainly remove from the fire man qala la ilaha illallah. Right? And this is after all of the sinners have been taken out of, of, of the hellfire in varying stages, right? Starting with the ones who were more pious but had some sin than the ones, you know, like this, right? So the point being, there are numerous evidences which are clear. And they are definitive. And these texts, they make takhsis. They make takhsis. They particularize the general texts 
which are used by the other scholars in the other view. Do you understand? Right? So those texts being used by those other scholars to hold the view that the one who leaves the prayer is a disbeliever, well, these texts are definitive, which means that you have to now interpret those texts in light of these texts. Do you understand? And so this is why the scholars, in fact, Sheikh Rabi himself changed his view. In this book, the Sheikh holds, he expresses that particular view, and he defends this view, and he refutes those who, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, you know. I won't go into all the details, but you know, there's, there's so much in this book, and uh, or, or he supports at minimum he supports and defends this view that this is a view that you cannot argue with, because because it is it, it is directly based upon the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So after all of that, Sheikh Sheikh Ubaid, he then finishes by basically uh, saying that. Obviously, when we say that the one who abandons the prayer is not a disbeliever, it does not mean that we are now belittling the affair of the obligations. It doesn't mean that at all, right? In the text, there, 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 there is a threat of punishment for people who abandon the obligations, right? So just because we say a person is not a disbeliever does not mean we are saying that this person now, you know, his iman is complete and his iman is perfect and he's the same level as Abu Bakr in his iman. No, right? we're not saying that. We are saying this person is sinful and he's threatened with punishment and he may enter the fire and so on and so forth. Right. So all of the texts of the threat of punishment applies to that individual. Right. So this is what we this is what we, what, you know, what, what, we, what, what the Sheikh is making clear. Because we believe Iman increases and it decreases. Iman is belief in the heart, speech of the tongue, action with the limbs. And so finally the Sheikh finishes, the Sheikh finishes by saying, فَأَهْلُ السُنَّةِ مَعَ الدَّلِيلِ وُجُودًا وَعَدَمًا The people of the Sunnah are always with the evidence. Whatever the evidence is, the people of the Sunnah are with the evidence. And the evidence is what? Qala Allah, qala Rasuluh, qala Sahaba. That is what is evidence. Right? And the saying of a scholar is only accepted. What, what does Shaykh Ubaid say? Al-alimu al-muwafiqu lid-dalil huwa al-murtala qawluhu. It is the scholar whose speech is in agreement with the evidence. He is the one whose, whose speech you know, is pleasing and acceptable and then uh, he goes on to make some some uh, 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 clarification of an issue of creed he says we do not say actions are a condition of iman iman actions are a condition of the validity of iman we don't say that this is the saying of the khawarij because the khawarij they make takfir of muslims by way of them abandoning individual actions or obligations. So we don't say that. We don't say Al-Iman Al-A'mal Shartu Sihatin Lil-Iman. We don't say that. Nor do we say actions are only a perfection of Iman on this side either. Right? Rather we say Al-A'mal Minal Iman. Actions are from Iman. Actions are Iman. So this is like a technical issue to do with the topic of Iman which we've discussed many many times previously. In any case the Sheikh finishes by saying um, you know, this is the end of what the Sheikh has concluded on this particular issue. Now, I was. This is, this is a good illustration from Sheikh Obeid on the issue of evidence, and it also shows things which do not count as evidence. Like, if you if you have a difference of opinion in an issue, you can't say, "Well, most of the scholars alive today hold this view, therefore it must be correct." Well, you can't say that. Because that's not, that's not an argument. That's not an argument. Right? So there are many benefits in what Sheikh Obeid has said. And, uh, you know, I was going to illustrate... I was going to illustrate... Uh, I was going to illustrate the same points by way of another issue which has been differed upon, which is the issue of contagion, adwa. I was going to illustrate exactly the same thing, what Sheikh Obeid has done here. But obviously, the shortage of time, I'm, I'm, I'm unable to do so. So uh, it's, the, the time has come for Salah. 
And so we'll have to conclude uh, there for today. And if you want to sit and, you know, afterwards continue, I'm happy to do that. Uh, just for the uh, completion of the topic. Otherwise, we can do it another time, inshallah. Shall we can carry on after further So we'll uh, break for prayer, inshallah. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam.